Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good morning. How is my sound today, dirtballs? I think you sound a lot better. Okay. We'll see if that's the case. Yeah, sorry, guys. Last episode. I blame Andy Ruther. This isn't my job. I'm supposed to show up, do the thing. Drop the mic, walk away. Did I drop the mic too hard one time and mess up the mic? Possibly. I like how you just blame me. Not even a minute in. You just throw me under. Just throw on the, I, I, the reason I did that, Andy, is I want to make it clear to Dirtballs. Like, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions. What do you think of the Daniel Jones contract? Are the Lakers going to make the playoffs? Blah, blah, blah. The ones that are like, your sound's not good. It's out of my jurisdiction. Talk to Ruther. Yeah, no, I, no, I can take the blame. It's it's I apologize, guys. You know, do better, like we always say. Andy's Andy's raising a small child. And listen, that's not an excuse. Okay? Don't have <laughs> don't have a kid if you can't keep up with your work. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. She vomited everywhere multiple times last night. That was fun. Love it. You know what's funny though? Dirt balls are there's a lot of dirtball dads out there, I've learned. Dirtball dads just just hit me up with advice and I'm here for it. Bring bring the me dirtball all, da- bring the dirtball dads should be a Twitter group. That's, a, that's know, a great point. Yeah. That should be there should be a, a Reddit, I don't know, page or something like that just for the dirtballs. Can you subreddit a subreddit? How does that work? I don't know how anything works anymore. Where do the dirtball dads meet and party? It's got a light. It's got really nice alliteration, nice flow to it. Dirtball yeah. dads, the ones who are just dealing with the kids late at night, hearing you go off on some rant about Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, just just raising in a way raising the future generation because kids hear stuff. At least studies say they hear everything. So if their son or daughter is hearing a Prano rant about how to fix Major League Baseball. Are you essentially raising our youth, Joe Prano? I hope so. I hope so. And I hope, uh, speaking of, you know, raging about it, I did a podcast yesterday that I've done a few times till Mets do us part. And it was all about the new rules. And everybody in there, uh, all, the, the other two guests were pro all the rules. And I feel like I didn't even get out my my thing. So, I'm, and, but a lot of the people listening and watching were saying, ah, "Joe made a new fan today." So, hopefully, welcome to some new fans who are here. Uh, you can go back in previous episodes and hear my thoughts on the new rules and why I don't like some of them. Love the love the band shift, though, as I said. Um, so, lots of stuff. But you know, for the new people, for the old people, for the dirtball dads, for the non the non parent dirtballs. Just a reminder that tomorrow I'll be in big uh, last best comedy in Bozeman, Montana for a show. Get your tickets if you're in Montana. 
Tuesday these- night, Andy, uh, Chris Wilde and I went to Palm Springs to see Jimmy Buffett. Was that an impromptu trip? No, it's been planned for a while. Uh, just, I mean, exactly what you'd expect. Chris shows up to my place. He's got a car full of Hawaiian shirts, a cooler. Me and him, old school, kind of like old school dirty sports trip. Two men, one hotel room, Palm Springs, tiki drinks. Me waking up yesterday morning, super hungover. You've been there. You've been in that room with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I have. But Chris had never been to a Jimmy Buffett concert, and he's a big Jimmy Buffett fan. I'm sort of like a half a Jimmy Buffett fan. Um, but I was like, you've never been to a show? Like, you love the guy. You've never been? He's like, no. I was like, dude, it's like a it's like a whole other kind of experience. So when I – okay, I want to ask you something about Jimmy Buffett because I've never been. But I know, obviously, I know the experience. I know how important he's been to the city of Cincinnati. Like I've said, and my parents yeah. used to go and they turned into parent, parent heads, the whole nine yards. What percentage of a Jimmy Buffett, a Jimmy Buffett concert, if you said like zero to 100, what percentage is the actual music and what percentage is everything that comes with the whole experience? Well, the, that's part. So the we we did our own. Like me and Chris were just like, whatever we, he got us a hotel room at one of my favorite places in Palm Springs. Uh, it's called Caliente Tropics is the hotel, but I knew of it because there's a tiki bar in the hotel that I've gone to and not staying there. He's like, I got us. I was like, dude, that's the best tiki bar in Palm Springs. So we went and we tiki it up and then we went in the hot tub and we drank in the room and the whole thing. And I was like, you know, we're probably going to miss out on the tailgating situation. He's like, ah, oh, it's fine. Whatever. We we're, we're tiki drinking. I was like, that's great. So we got there and we had, we had missed out. Like basically everybody had wrapped up their stuff. But when you go to a Jimmy Buffett show, even during the concert, like during the day before the concert, the tour sends out like a camera guy to the tailgate and they take a bunch of video and then they play it during the show so you can see all the craziness but it was it was a super uh it was like um because it was palm springs like jimmy buffett's already got an older crowd you know yeah. your parents are parrot heads you were parrot heads yeah uh, are probably still listening to jimmy buffett somewhere you know uh but that and the combo of palm springs it was the crowd was so old so, I mean, me and Chris were the youngest people there by like 40 years. <laughs> I mean, it was incredibly old. But Chris had never been. I was like, you got to do it. So we went. And then, you know, the great thing is like in the show, he plays all the hits. You know, you're probably like, what are the hits? You'd know them all if you heard them. I bet I would. So something just came to me when you were discussing that because we've obviously – had very lengthy discussions about the problems of baseball, what they need to do to change, how do you get a new generation. Make it like Jimmy Buffett, man. Make If people are, quote-unquote, not as diehard in the game, and we've all discussed at length, right, like the games, it is a different type of entertainment versus football or basketball. Make it just more fun, man, as far as the experience around the game at the stadium. Make it like Jimmy Buffett. I said on this podcast that I did yesterday as well, like I feel like baseball again, my biggest issue with major league baseball is their 
their approach with everything is like new fans, new fans, new fans. And my, my biggest thing is you're, you're not focusing on the fans that you had, which is, I, I describe it like this. Baseball is not the flashy new thing. You're not going to be able to sell baseball fans on like, it's fast. It's fun. If you, if you think baseball's slow, you're not like nothing's going to change your mind. Yeah. You know, and I, the, the analogy I made is baseball, baseball should market itself the way vinyl marks itself, markets itself. You know, it's not Bluetooth. It's not your iPad. It's not your iPhone. It's not a beats by Dre. It's not an Alexa that can play your sound. It's not a whatever it's, it's got, it's take, it's more difficult but it's got something about it. There's a nostalgia to it. The crackles make it better. Like market baseball. There are people who are psychotic about vinyl. It's not as good music quality as putting a lossless digital experience on sound canceling headphones. It's not, it's just not, you can't say it is, it's not, but that's the beauty of it. It's, analog and it's real and it has a soul and they're trying to market baseball like it's this hip new thing we're gonna make it faster all you're gonna do is draw people in that then go it's still too slow i still don't like it market baseball the way the way vinyl's marketed make it something that it's like you're cooler if you like it it's not for everybody let me get to a quick call about it we got got a quick call about discussions we've had over the last few weeks quick little baseball call hey dirty sports i was just wondering is the mlb the worst and most inefficiently run just billion dollar company or organization in america at this point i think it's by far the worst run sports league with all that prano has been talking about like this is becoming a disaster i finally moved to a state where there is an mlb team i'm a young baseball fan and why should I get invested into the sport when it's clearly going downhill and a beer is $11 at a Cubs game? I don't know. What should I do? Because I like baseball, but I think this is bullshit, and I do not trust the competence of the league moving forward. So let me know. Have a good one. Sadly, I don't really have an answer. Yeah. Well, well, well here's the thing. He, you know, He brings up the price of beer. Now, to be fair, you're going to pay the same price at a basketball game, at a football game. I think, again, the argument is there's 81 home games. That's the difference. Is like, yeah. guys, you don't have to charge $11. You got 81 of these. Football has eight or nine home games. Basketball has 41 home games. You don't have to do that. Baseball is in a weird thing because there, you – there's no absolutely no reason to tank because you don't get like having the number one overall draft pick means nothing. Having a top five draft pick means nothing. So there's no reason to tank. What's crazy about baseball. It's the one sport where tanking doesn't matter. And more teams tank every year than in other sports because baseball owners have figured out that you can put a shit product on the field and still make money 
with your regional sports network and still make money even if you only sell 20% of your tickets to every game and you don't if you don't spend a lot of money then you don't have to make that much more money just to like profit and it's just, just such a horrible way to think about it it's like who starts a business or buys a business who buys a franchise just to like make a little bit of money on top of it it's like if you're not going for it to be like wow we put a little bit more effort in we could really get rich yeah no and we could really win and we could bring something to the city that like i almost feel like at this point major league baseball if they were smart would require you to show proof that you are a fan of the team that you're buying and it matters i mean look at steve cohen he's like i'm a mets fan and i want the mets to win and i have a ton of money and i'm gonna make it happen and it's like, that's the attitude every owner should have. You don't have to have all that money. You don't have to take the scoreboard that's, that Steve Cohen did and make it 20 times bigger. That's just that's just a billionaire flex. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like, I want a fucking bigger scoreboard and I'm going to have it. Okay. He didn't need to do that. But you need to, you need to make an effort to win. Because well, again, it's not again, a that's, sport. That's the problem. But in other sports, you can justify not making an effort to win. You can, you know, do like if you look at the Spurs, the Spurs had a dynasty or a pseudo dynasty for the better part of 15, 20 years because they tanked for Tim Duncan. Sure. But there's no reason to tank in baseball. No. And and, I mean, look. The, the simplest way, I know we've kind of discussed this at length, it really is the salary floor and the salary cap. Like, that is the simplest solution for all these headaches to get people there. Two years ago, the Reds were right there until the end, for the most part, to compete for a playoff spot. I went to 10 games, you know? I went to Milwaukee. I went to Pittsburgh. Like, I traveled. Yeah. yeah. They had a competitive, fun team. Now it's like, if there's no end in sight for them to be good. They'll, not... What they'll do is they have, like, uh, uh, we put up a thing about baseball, and I mentioned the Reds would be out of it by April, and we had 10 or 8 or 10 delusional fans who are like, don't sleep on the Reds. And you're like, okay, well, every team's got their delusional fan base that'll that'll buy tickets until mid-May. Then they'll quit, but the team will have made some money off of that. Sure. Then, then school will get out. Then they'll make money off of kids coming in buses with their camp, selling them a bunch of popcorn and hot dogs. And then fucking October will be here, and the stadium will be empty, and no one will care. One hundred percent. No, I know, man. It's it's again. It's just crazy to watch something die basically in in real time, and. I had a discussion with somebody the other day who is a long time, long time local editorial sports journalist. And I, and I told him my feelings and this is somebody who's been there through it all with this team, with the city. I said, why would I go to a game this year? He's like, I don't blame you. Like, why would you, you know? And, and, and that's the complete opposite of where you're at. Right. You're like, okay, I got an owner who wants to win. Who cares? I'm turned. I'm excited. You can't say that about football, man. You, even when your team sucks, 
Like there's excitement to go see a game. Even same for basketball. You're like, okay, my squad's not that good. I'm like, I'm gonna go to a game. I'm gonna go watch some amazing athletes put the ball in the hoop. Right. Because there just, is there is athleticism in the NBA that's just glorious to watch no matter what. Sure. And baseball, it's a skill game. And again, it's like, you know, I was saying yesterday on that podcast, I feel like I'm selling books to people, you know? Ooh, like, that's a good analogy. I like that. Like people are like, why would I read a book? I got TV, movie, Netflix, Twitch. I got video games. I got TikTok. I got Instagram. I'm like... Listen, I don't know how to sell you on books. It's not faster. It's not sparklier. It's just better, deeper, has more soul. Like, I can't convince you to read by saying, here's why it's more exciting. And the idea of publishers being like, let's make shorter books. Like, no, that's not. Yeah. No, you just got to focus on making things for people who read. No, I feel you, man. And, and, and that completely makes sense. Well, I am turned about all this football stuff. You know that. I know you are. I've been chomping at the bit to talk some NFL free agency because they have so they have done such a good job making this a thing. NBA has as well, right? Like the NFL and NBA free agency is a thing, man. It's turned into a huge thing, and. The dominoes, especially at quarterback, started to fall on, I believe, Tuesday when Derek Carr signed a contract with the Saints, which then opened the floodgates to go back to Jameis one of one. I couldn't yeah. resist. That yeah, was all me. So funny because there was a time where like he was, you know, I remember the time when we had just put Jameis to bed and you're like, why do you do this, Joe? Why do you do this? And now you do it every time. And then you know me. You know me. Like I'm just, I'm the dog that's just like asleep in the corner. But if you start like wiggling a toy, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear that apart. A hundred percent, for sure. And for me, I like because now you and I are kind of like a one-two tag team combo. Like I tag Jameis one on one in the troll tweet about Jameis Winston never starting again. And I get a few tweets in and then it's like, okay, I got a baby to take care of. And you're like, well, I'm here for the night. Yeah. I got this. You were, you were the first guy in like a track and field relay and you had the baton and you started coming down the stretch and you're like, oh shit, where's the rest of my relay team? There's just one other guy there. And when you got there, I took the baton. I was like, don't worry. I'm running the other three legs. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. So Derek Carr signs with the Saints. He gets four years, 150, with basically a hundred million in total guarantees. I don't the guarantees always confuse me. But then it also says 70 million effectively fully guaranteed. Basically, the guarantee is the only thing that you really have to care about. Correct. Like in the end, that's and we're going to get into it. Obviously, we talked about the domino effect. We're going to get into Daniel Jones and we'll get into Lamar Jackson and we're going to whatever. But everybody is doing this. This is what's happening. Everybody's comparing. Oh, oh, Derek Carr is getting this much and Daniel Jones is getting this much, but you won't pay Lamar Jackson this much. And it's like 
none of these numbers matter except for the guarantee because you obviously are signing a guy and the money matters going forward past the time of the guarantee because if you stick with that that's what you're on the hook for but any of these things at at basically any point that you in the NFL you can pull the plug and all that you're on the hook for is the guaranteed money so when you start talking about how do you give Daniel Jones 40 million dollars a year which I don't even really want to get started on but I know we will but you can't give Lamar Jackson it's like Daniel Jones got 80 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson wants 250 million guaranteed. Like what the fuck? Like, no, and you're right. It's not the same. And I know this stuff can get complicated and it is confusing. All of this stuff can be very confusing, especially with the franchise franchise tag, the unrestricted versus restricted franchise tag. Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive. I'm sorry. All these things matter. And to understand these, and obviously these teams are smart and they have, lawyers and they have contract negotiators they have people to understand this but you're right the only person who doesn't have that is lamar jackson Correct. who doesn't have agents and lawyers and people which again there's a lot being thrown out right now about the lamar jackson situation racism and collusion and and all this stuff and it's like listen man have an agent get an daniel agent. jones daniel jones fired his agent hired a new agent got 40 million dollars a season I've been drunk since it happened because I can't really handle it. But like get an agent, bro. So we'll start real quickly with Derek Carr. Obviously the saints think they've had a consistently very good defense the last few years. They have a few pieces. They think, Hey, we get an upgrade at quarterback weak division. Brady's gone. That division's completely up for grabs. They think they can win the division. They can make a push. I'm as a football fan, I'm curious to see, right? Their car's been in the Raiders organization his whole career. They're a dumpster fire. We all know that. He's only made two playoff appearances or two seasons. He's actually only started one playoff game, if I believe correctly. Yeah. It's the one the year, year he got hurt. The year he got hurt was the year he got MVP votes, is the year they went in and had to play with a backup. Yeah. In and- just in the playoffs. Like I think that guy started maybe the last game and then the playoff game. So I'm curious as a, as a football fan and as a quarterback guy, hey, how's he going to do down there? I don't think Derek Carr is a uh, a a franchise changer for the Saints because I don't think the Saints were a quarterback away from contending for the Super Bowl. Correct. But I think that he, that like you said, weak division. They've they've trotted out Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, their fullback tight end in their variety of quarterback attempts since Drew Brees. I think that this makes them better for sure to have a veteran quarterback that, in my opinion, is, you know, above average, at least um, by no means an elite quarterback. But also, it'll be interesting to see what this does for Derek Carr. Like, again, the Raiders, what have the Raiders ever shown to to, to do? Like, it, it doesn't seem like they ever make efforts to just, like, see where they're deficient and improve. It's, a, it's always just been a, like, let's get this guy. Let's get this guy. And you're, you're like, okay. 
And obviously Gruden was there and he took some big swings and didn't exactly work out the way everybody was expecting. But I think Derek Carr certainly solid, like he's your starting quarterback. Yeah. And they didn't have that the last few years. And I think in a weak division, it gives them a great shot of winning the NFC South. Yeah. And right now I'd say they're going to win it. I'm going to say right now, if I had to make a decision today, saints win that division. Will Jameis Winston start another NFL game as a starter, not filling in because somebody got injured? No. I mean, again, even if that, the way that looks is, I I just don't see anybody signing him to be their starter. Yeah, I agree. Why would you? Now, if you sign him in a quarterback situation where we don't know who we've got and now we're going to have a quarterback competition, I mean, maybe, but I don't know where what that team is. I don't know what that situation looks like. So, moving along, we got And also, talk- fucking, like, let's not even talk, like, like James Jones is going to get cut. And... What's the argument for like the the even the most delusional people on the internet are talking about the seven games he played in 2021 or whatever? Dude. It's like you're we're talking about two years ago. Get seven fucked. Games. Seven games, minimum seven starts. Why? And then also my my favorite part about the conversation with Jameis one one. If you read any of that lunatic's book, and if you read any of his tweets going back five four or five years now, it was always he's on pace. He's on Hall of Fame pace for a man his age. And now Derek Carr even has passed him. Like he's he doesn't have as many touchdowns or yards as Derek Carr did on his 29th birthday. He doesn't have as many of that as Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers didn't start till he was 27 or whatever. Like it's his whole thing. And so now we're doing like expected yards per attempt. I have to ask, what was the DM that Jameis one of one sent at three Oh five Eastern time? Whatever you guys were going back and forth. It is a novel. He sent it. Did you see that dirty sports? It's it's, it's like a novel. I didn't didn't even see it. I sincerely apologize and ask for your forgiveness for the way I worded my first reply to you saying JW Jameis Winston assaulted someone in college as it read, like I was actually accusing you of something rather than just making a point of you were being wicked to the view JW as guilty until proven innocent. When you have no actual clue whether he did what he did, he was accused of. So wordy. And all the actual evidence points to him being entirely innocent. And then he just goes on and on about. Oh, hold on. This is great. I consider you classless and worthy of being slandered and judged unrighteously by others the way you seem to love to do to JW. However, I definitely do not want to personally sin against God by sinning against you, and I always want to repent if I ever do such, as life's far too short to sin and be too spiritually prideful to repent. Honestly, if you're out there, if you're a dirtball and you're like religious, I hope Jameis one of one's existence makes you question that. (laughs) Like, this is the delusion that these people fucking, you're, 
And meanwhile, what? Well, like, to be I fair, love that he's we're, like the worst extreme of it, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, I love that we're like talking about like there's no like how many people have to accuse the same person of sexual assault before you're like, this isn't made up, dude. Also, like I kept harping when I was tweeting at him. My favorite is that's my I'm sure you figured out this is like my new slant. Has there been a worse take in sports history? No lie. Like, that's what I'm going to Jameis one-on-one of. You wrote a book, man. You literally wrote a 400-page book that he was on a trajectory to make the Hall of Fame. I have never heard a worse sports take. Now, Terry Bradshaw's choosing Mike McCarthy over Aaron Rodgers is up there. But he didn't sit down, he didn't sit down with a pen and paper and write a 400-page book about it. There's been no worse take in sports history. And self-publish it. No worst take, without a doubt. The worst take of sports history. This guy, I am fascinated. I want a documentary HBO style, which, by the way, is the best. I watched both the Murdahl thing on HBO and Netflix out of curiosity. HBO blows it away. For anybody who has HBO Max, I highly suggest that over the Netflix one. I can't take emotional women crying so i'm sorry like i want facts i want the police reports that's what i want you know what i watched on hbo max last night was the lebron coach k interview have you seen that no it's pretty great it's pretty great i didn't even know Co- it existed yeah it's just after him breaking the record they just sit down for a half hour conversation and it's fantastic interesting well anyway and coach k just loves him loves him Real quick, we can get this out of the way then. You're talking about Coach K, and then we'll go back to the NFL. Yeah. I got an interesting take. It's not even a take. It's it's just I'm throwing the question out there because Jim Beheim retired yesterday. I'm going to say, is Jim Beheim overrated? Um, I don't know. I mean, you wanna what hear, is – You want to hear why I'm going to say that? Sure. So here's my take on Jim Beheim being possibly overrated. He coached there for 47 years. He won one title, five Final Fours. All I'm saying is like, dude, you coached there for 47 years. We're talking about one title. We're talking about a Final Four once every nine years. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to make the Final Four. Once every nine years, one title. You have the second most wins all time because you coached there 47 yeah, years. Yeah, but how many what's what's the most final fours? Like what like how where does he rank on that list? Is he like I mean, obviously if you think a guy is like Coach K and I don't know, fucking Dean Smith and Roy Williams and Calipari. I I, I like I don't know. But like So here's the does, list. Does I'll, Bobby I'll Knight have quick. more final fours? They're tied. Okay. So, so Coach K has 13, John Wooden has 12, Dean Smith has 11, Roy Williams 9, Tom Izzo 8, Denny Crum 6, Adolph Ruff 6, Beheim, Bobby Knight, Lou Olson, Rick Pitino, all five. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I get it. He's been there for, but like, you also have to consider, and, and this is coming from a not real college basketball fan, but like, easier to make final fours in my opinion if you're the dukes and the uncs and the whatever because who's going to fucking syracuse like i feel like right but i feel like that's that's what makes him not overrated that he got those guys there that he got those guys that that we're even talking about 
Syracuse basketball. Like Jim Beheim is Syracuse basketball. For sure. He made, don't get me wrong. He made Syracuse basketball a thing. Right. And obviously they had a lot of great players go through there and a lot of great players go to the NBA. Don't get me wrong on that. Have you ever been to Syracuse? No, it's way up there. And it's fucking cold and it gets so much God. You have no idea how much goddamn snow it gets. You have no idea. Like when people talk about like Kevin Garnett and oh my God, like the reason that he is like the greatest thing that ever happened is like he didn't bail on Minnesota, a place that no one wants to go because it's too cold and it's too fucking sad. Dude, Syracuse gets like, gets like two dozen feet of snow. Like we're talking about Syracuse basketball. We're not talking about where Michael Jordan went. We're not talking about Duke. We're not talking about UCLA. I mean, John Wooden is obviously a legend and did so much for college basketball. But like all the guys he got, oh, come to LA, come to La- come to Los Angeles. Yeah. That's a fair point. I'm just saying, for me, it's like you have one title in 47 years. Like, he is the definition of longevity where it definitely adds up. Again, 47 years equals second most wins. Maybe I'm way off. I, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, to me, when you go down that list, it all kind of makes sense. It's like the guys that you compare, like, obviously, he's not the coach Tom Izzo is. Right, Tom Izzo. Yeah, Michigan State. Okay, you had you had magic, so you'll always have that to point to uh, in in recruiting and in whatever. But and and obviously, there's pretty good basketball in Detroit in terms of that's where you're pulling people from. And in Syracuse, you're not like you know, it's not like you're getting New York City kids or you're not getting like the Toronto ball, like, you know, there's no local thing to draw from, but Tom Izzo being in eight final fours. But otherwise, you know, it, it almost seems like the list is pretty like, Oh, Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina have been to a lot of final fours. Yeah, we know. Well, he's done. He's officially done. Yeah. Season ended. He's done. And, uh, and how know. about this? Let, one last counterpoint to is Jim Beheim overrated. Jim Beheim's the only coach that ever got Carmelo Anthony to win. Jim Beheim's underrated on that alone. Okay. I just Jim want Beheim, to put it out Jim there. Beheim should have left for the NBA and come coach the Knicks when they, when they stupidly traded for Carmelo Anthony. Maybe there's maybe only I, one person in the world that can get the guy to fucking play. Maybe I'm just saying that because Jim Beheim turned into every grouchy old guy who is now I, and I didn't even realize this till recently who was claiming that all these other teams were buying their players because yeah. of the name image and likeness and saying quotes like we're in an awful place in college basketball, Pittsburgh bought their team, wake forest bought their team. These are direct quotes. Miami bought their team. And I just want to be like, okay, Jim. Okay. Boomer retire. Like, this yeah. whole, oh, they all bought and their team. He, and then he said, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer, retire. Okay, fine. Just the idea of a guy who's made God knows how many millions of dollars. And also, I'm sure Derek Coleman and, you know, 
Sherman Douglas and Bill, like all those. Remember Billy when they Owens. had the team, the team that just like randomly showed up in the late eighties, early nineties. Oh, they just love fucking snow <laughs> and playing yeah. in a football stadium. Yeah, right. Well, Syracuse also had their moments of sanctions and all that yeah. as well during his tenure. So maybe maybe that's where all my is he overrated came from. I don't know, but. Anyway, we got that out of the way. Let's get back to football because Let's get back to football. This is what the dirtballs want to hear right now, especially with Lamar Jackson and your boy, Daniel Jones, who we're both going to agree is being overpaid right now. There's a lot to unpack on the Daniel Jones contract, but I'll say this. First of all, my, my initial reaction is exactly the reaction that I had when it first got talked about, $40 million a year for Daniel Jones is too much. Now, I understand that this is the direction it's all going. And I understand that he's not the highest paid quarterback in football. And I understand that actually, when you look at the fact, when you look at two factors of this in terms of what makes it somewhat palatable, $80 million guaranteed. Okay, so basically the first two years guaranteed. And then after that, what does it matter? Also, being able to sign him to a contract to get him pen to paper uh, gave them the ability to franchise Saquon Barkley, which everybody agreed that like kind of the only way any of this works is if you keep them both, if you pay one and tag the other. And in the end, it was always going to be better to tag Saquon and find a way to sign Daniel Jones. Again, $40 million to me is too much. And here's why. And this is going to transition, I think, really nicely into the Lamar Jackson thing. If you pay Daniel Jones $40 million and you tag Saquon Barkley, you are leaving you are leaving a financial hole where you're putting yourself behind the eight ball a little to sign all the other things that you might need. Their defense was not spectacular last year. Their offensive line clearly exposed against the Eagles in a playoff game. So you still have zero weapons whatsoever, zero weapons signed in terms of receivers. You have Saquon and you have Daniel Jones. That's your offense now with zero zero wide receivers and an at best middle of the pack o line with some great players on it, but some holes. Your defense has a lot of holes. Your defense has a scheme and can probably be rebuilt pretty quickly, even on a low budget. But again, you still have no receivers. And you still have a lot of holes to fill. And you're paying Daniel Jones $40 million. It's a big cap number. So regardless of the fact that you can eject from this situation after two years if it's not working because you've only guaranteed him $80 million, what does that do to help you today? And my biggest issue with this, and it's you know kind of something I'm hopeful for, but I have to think if the Giants paid Daniel Jones $40 million that Dable believes 
that he can be a pocket passing playoff game deep into the playoff winning quarterback. Because let me tell you one thing, and this is, again, what's going to be the leap into the next subject. If you pay Daniel Jones $40 million, $80 million guaranteed, and you start running spread option, Daniel Jones rushes 12 times a game, fucking kill yourself. Yeah. Because you cannot pay your quarterback $40 million on a team with a lot of holes and then put him at risk of getting hurt. Because if Daniel Jones is sitting on the sideline watching for $40 million, they're going nowhere. Bad deal. Yeah. So to me, this better be with the understanding that we don't need Daniel Jones to do what he did in that playoff game. We don't want Daniel Jones to be Lamar Jackson. We want Daniel Jones to settle in to running this offense and passing the ball the way we've seen that he has the ability as a passer. Like, I don't doubt that. But the Giants have holes that they needed him to run to win. If you pay him $40 million, it makes it harder to fill those holes. But if you pay him $40 million and don't fix those holes and still need him to run, you are putting yourself in a situation where you have a $40 million quarterback watching from the sideline as your team doesn't make the playoffs because you're not good enough without him. Yeah. I don't like the deal like you. I just think, well, well, let me take it back for a second. I understand what you're saying, and that's what the Giants were saying. Hey, if we give Jones a deal, we can then use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, keep those two together. They obviously won a playoff game last year. They got off to a great start, struggled at the end. I think you guys went like two, seven, and one or something down the stretch. Like, really struggled in the end. You still got a road playoff game. So there, there is something in place, right? You have, you're building something. You got something. It just sucks because it's like, we're at a weird spot right now. And we're going to fully get into this on the quarterbacks and the guarantees. And what I think is almost like a recorrecting of all that money that the owners and the GMs are realizing, like you keep saying, the guaranteed money which is all that matters is recorrecting itself. Not just because of Deshaun Watson, because of the top three guaranteed quarterbacks right now. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. Guess what? Not a single one of them made the playoffs last year. Not a single one. And that's the thing with the Giants deal with Daniel Jones is I don't love the amount of money that, he is a cap hit for, but at the same time, you know, next year or whatever, if the Eagles have to give Jalen hurts 10 years at 50 million with the first 200 or 250 million guaranteed, I'm like, Phew, thank God. I didn't think I get to dodge that kind of bullet. Cause that's all that fucking matters. Really? The, 
the the way that you can sort of swallow a pill like Daniel Jones, if you're a Giants fan, is it's only eighty million dollars. It's only eighty million guaranteed. But but what does that mean, right? It's still the next two years. So you franchise tag Saquon Barkley. So now you have to get it done in these next two years while he's guaranteed that money. Like you are going all in on this as a thing. Yeah. And and to do and to me again, the the simplest way I'll say it is for a $40 million cap hit for Daniel Jones makes it hard to fill other holes. And if it makes it hard to fill other holes, you have to then you're gonna have to ask him and Saquon to do all this stuff. And it's just a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game to be paying all these guys and suddenly neither of them are playing in week 15 and you're out of the fucking mix, but you're still on the hook for an $80 million guarantee. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, for the Giants, I'd say it starts it starts in division as far as them making that leap. They get their asses kicked three times by the Eagles. Like, you got to start there, right? Yeah. You, you got to split and, with the And Eagles everybody can year. talk about how great Jalen Hurts is and he should have been MVP and whatever. And guess what? I'll just say it. I'm still not like Jalen Hurts didn't convince me of anything. The difference between what the Eagles were able to do to the Giants had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. It had to do with their defensive line being way better than our offensive line. Their offensive line being way better than our defensive line. Them having weapons on the outside that they can just chuck the ball up to and the Giants having Isaiah Hodgins coming off the Buffalo practice squad. Yeah. But the problem is you can't fill those holes as easily when you pay your quarterback $40 million. So if you can't fill those holes and suddenly the way you got to get wins is by fucking running Daniel Jones 15 times a game, that's it. Good night. Good luck. You're the fucking Ravens where you're like, fuck, now what the fuck do we do? Essentially, Dable is leveraging his career on this, right? Like he's saying, I believe enough on one year, the strides we made. I believe in Daniel Jones enough. We're going to do this. We're going to keep him around. Again, it's the 80 million guarantee. That's the money you got to remember in terms of how much they're really invested in him. But my hope is, is that Dable says it's worth it because I can I can win if you give him the 80 million, I can win with him sitting in the pocket. We'll 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 fill some holes on the offensive line. He is a great passer. He's gonna show you. Yeah. But if you don't, if Dable comes out here and goes, we gotta win every fucking game any way we can. If Dan, I'll just say, I'll just say like straight up week one, if Daniel Jones rushes the ball more than seven times on design run plays, you're scared. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Well, look, that's where you and I a hundred percent see eye to eye. You cannot, it is unsustainable. And that'll be the segue to Lamar Jackson. It is unsustainable to complete, to, to have a, a running quarterback. Or, or let me say this, a quarterback who needs, needs design to run runs. to win. Yes. yes, needs runs to win. I'm not talking about a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Joe Burrow. Athletic QBs who have some nice scrambles might get 250, 300 rushing yards for the year. I'm talking need designed runs to win. And yeah, Josh and, Allen's and, in that category. Jalen Hurts is in that category. It's terrifying. I would never, ever. It's the and same you can, with running and, and everybody can say Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. It's like, 
we, we are, are we all going to sit here and pretend Josh Allen wasn't injured and the whole thing at the end of the year was he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's still hurt. That elbow must be hurt. He's doing this. And, I, and again, I don't give a shit about how Lamar Jackson got hurt or how Josh Allen got hurt. It's wear and tear. For sure. On your body. Yeah. No, 100%. And, and that is simply, in my opinion, the, the only issue that's holding up. The, what's holding up the Ravens situation is Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that I think anybody with a brain would say needs to run to be effective. Correct. And this is what I said about Cam Newton forever ago. Yes. Needs to run to be effective, which leads to injuries, hence his last couple of years. And on top of that, he wants a ton of money guaranteed. It's it's wild to me. I've seen so many bad takes, in my opinion, on the Lamar Jackson situation. And the worst takes are from his fellow NFL players. Right. And, and it's it's mind-blowing that they don't see what you and I are saying, the obvious. Yeah, the idea that we're talking about collusion, there is, a, there is collusion. There's collusion by GMs who have figured out quarterbacks who can't stay on the field shouldn't get a ton of money guaranteed. There's absolutely collusion by those GMs. Also, stop pointing to terrible deals. Yes, thank to you. To justify the deal that you think should be made. Look at all these guys who got paid and now all their teams are fucking picking up lamps on the beach and rubbing them, hoping a genie pops out and their first wish is, I, I, I want to go back to before we did the Kyler Murray deal. I want to go back to before we did the Russell Wilson deal. You keep pointing to this guy got this and this guy got this and this guy got, got this, but Lamar Jackson shouldn't get it. Yeah, because those guys got it and, and it's fucking tanked their entire franchises. Again. I'll repeat what I said. The top three guaranteed contracts, Deshaun Watson, 230, Kyler Murray, 189, Russell Wilson, 161. And who's fourth? Who's fourth is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. So guess what? So if you want to add him to the mix, 150? Who, Who now they're trying to fucking get rid of. None of them made the playoffs. None of them. So, the, guys, it's not collusion. It's the GMs and the owners are like, hey, this shit is not working. Also, when the Deshaun Watson deal was signed, owners didn't hide. This, this notion that there's collusion. They were openly on the record saying, this is a terrible contract. We're not doing this. So, to think, oh, all these teams did this. This is what Lamar deserves is the most ridiculous idea ever. Those teams didn't make the playoffs. End of story. The Denver Broncos have had a debacle of a quarterback situation since John Elway left, besides the two years that fucking Peyton Manning came in. Debacle of a quarterback situation. The Arizona Cardinals have never had a quarterback that you felt like was, oh, this guy, a Kurt Warner, a late career Kurt Warner run before and after that. Who are we talking about? Uh, I told you guys, Carson Palmer, wasn't it? You didn't believe me? Fucking Kyler Murray 
great young player, but a, another guy who it's like, man, when you consider his size and how much he needs to run, the guarantee, it's insane. And then we're talking about the worst run franchise in the history of professional sports. Yeah, this is your bar to say Lamar Jackson deserves more money. And I want to take it one step further and deeper, and this is the stuff I was sending you and Justin, because even I didn't really think about the whole Lamar situation until I did a deep dive on the numbers. And this all starts with, again, I don't want a quarterback. You don't want a quarterback that needs to run for their game. And that's where I'm going to go with a lot of these numbers. Because come playoff time, it's not working, right? Lamar Jackson has one playoff win. But here's a crazy stat, and I know Lamar stands are going to say, now add his rushing yards. I don't really care about his rushing yards because come playoff time, it's not worked out for him. 19 quarterbacks in the last two seasons have thrown for more passing yards and thrown for more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Let me repeat that. 19 quarterbacks in the NFL have thrown for more passing yards and more touchdown passes. 19, guys. I don't know about you guys. First of, all, first of all, if you add everybody's rushing yards in, I bet you'd move up three spots. He wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't move up an insane amount. Also, the, you know, it's the ultimate catch 22. Well, Lamar was hurt. Yeah, because you just told me to throw in his rushing stats. Amen. Lamar was hurt the last two years. Yeah, well, that's that's why I'm not throwing in the rushing stats because that's how you get fucking hurt. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. And these are the guys, Joe. These are the guys. I'll put it up on the screen here. These are, and, and it's funny to me, like it's guys are like, you're like Mac Jones and Ryan Canahill and Jimmy Garoppolo. They all threw for more rushing yards and touchdowns. And for the record, Lamar Jackson is only thrown for 3000 yards in a season once. What are we talking about here? If I hear one more thing about his MVP season, it was four years ago. Also, imagine, I mean, not that, not that the Carolina Panthers are have been in a great situation, but look at, look at Cam Newton's MVP year and think about, think about giving him 10 years and you know, $250 million guaranteed after that, that contract, they'd still be paying it. I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because I've always said, you've said it's like the Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson comparison is spot on. Guess how many now, playoff- different kinds of runners and they're For different sure. kinds of passers. For sure. But the bottom line is Cam Newton needed to run to win. Everybody said Cam Newton. Oh, you're disrespecting Cam Newton. Cam Newton's actually a better pocket passer than you think. Blah, blah, blah. So then do it. Stop getting yourself hurt. Do it. It's exactly. Listen, I am in this situation right now. Daniel Jones is getting $40 million a year. If they run the ball 15 times, we're going to be shit. Because he's going to get hurt. And then you're going to be paying for nobody to play. Guess how many playoffs? Lamar Jackson has been hurt. Lamar Jackson has had elite defenses. Lamar Jackson has had elite running games, which obviously he's a big part of. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, look that- at the modern NFL, man. 
that's the next thing I wanted to bring up. As far as as far as Lamar Jackson, his, his defenses, guys. At this point, I don't know why no one ever brings this up. Not only is he in like he's in a good franchise. Like, can we agree for for of course like, take a step back with like, a good coach? Like they they have been a what I would deem a model franchise for years. Look at these numbers right now when we talk about Lamar Jackson. He's been a starter for four full seasons. This is his defensive rank per points per game. His four seasons as a starter. The year he wins the MVP, they give up the second fewest points in the NFL. The next year, the first fewest points. 18th, they take a step back in 2021. And in 2022, third. So in three of his four years as a starter, he's had a top three defense. And he's won one playoff game. One playoff game. With a top three defense. I don't want to hear about him not having weapons or this or that. Stop making excuses. He doesn't win, guys. End the fucking story. Not to mention, 2021, the aberration year, 18th. Guys, Eli Manning, who you told me was carried by his defense, won the Super Bowl with the 17th and 25th ranked defenses in points per game. I'm so sick of these excuses, everyone. Well, Lamar, and, he's and, 26. And, and to this, he's in his prime. You know, this is my this is my thing with your boy Russell Wilson. Everybody goes, he just wins. He wins. And he goes deep in the playoffs. He plays in Super Bowls. This was Russell Wilson's first five years, and I said, look at that. But that's also the argument against Lamar Jackson. This is his first four years, and this is what you've done. You've done one in three in the playoffs. One in three, and I'm glad you brought up that point. These are the defenses Russell Wilson had. And made it to two Super Bowls. Lamar has one playoff win. And by the way, look at where that's put the the Denver Broncos. He's a winner. He went to Super Bowls his first five years when we were they were paying him nothing and had elite defenses. And now the Denver Broncos have are thinking about filing for bankruptcy so that they can get out of the Russell Wilson contract and start over. Lamar Jackson in four playoff games is one in three, 56% completion percentage, three touchdowns to five interceptions, only one rushing TD and 19 sacks. What the fuck are we doing here, people? I'm just going to say it. Not only is Lamar Jackson not worthy of this contract, he's overrated. I don't care RG3 about his regular season stats. Those mean nothing. They mean nothing to me. What are you doing for me in the playoffs? They mean something to me. But in the last two regular seasons, he hasn't played. The best ability is availability. You want $200 million guaranteed? You, you, you sat out a playoff game when, you, when people think you could have played. It's absolutely amazing to me. It's, that- it's insane to me that, listen, there is a lot of conversations right now and in the last 10 years and in whatever about race and sports. And, you know, we've, we've seen this thing with JJ Reddick and Jokic and all the people going on back and forth and Kendrick Perkins and this stuff. And it's like, some of these conversations have legitimacy and some of them fucking don't. Kyler Murray got paid. Russell Wilson got paid. Dak Prescott got paid. Patrick Mahomes got paid. Deshaun Watson got paid. This isn't about race. Yeah. The top three guaranteed contracts. Are black quarterbacks the top three? 
This isn't about race. This, again, for the millionth time, this is about owners and GMs and people running these organizations realizing if you're a running quarterback, you're going to get hurt or it's just not working out with these other guys. It's not working out. Saquon Barkley can be upset all he wants, and I don't know if he is, about getting tagged and not signing a deal. But there was a correction, man. Uh, yes, yes. McCa- McCaffrey's not McCaffrey's not on the Panthers anymore. Todd Gurley, I'm I'm not sure if he's alive or dead. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell owns a, a a fucking taco stand called the Franchise Tag. It's just the way it goes. You watch people fuck it up, and you go, "We're not going to do that." Yeah. And for and, the record, if you're, and if you're John Harbaugh or if you're the Ravens GM, what, like, why are we even having, and basically they're not, but like, why are we even having to justify this? He didn't play last year. Well, Joe, let's take it one step further. We made the playoffs and lost in the first round without him. We can do that with him. We can do it without him. The last two seasons, the Ravens have been in control of the AFC North, and in the last two seasons, he's missed the last five games, and the Bengals win the division. The best ability is availability. You always say it, and it's 100% accurate. If you're not available to play, you're not worth the money. It is ludicrous to me that he turned down 133 million guaranteed before the season started. And he risked all this. This is exactly dude. I mean, I've had, listen, I'm an NFC East guy and I'm an Eli man. I'm the, the world's foremost Eli Manning slurper. Right. But this is, these are the conversations that I would always have to have with Cowboys fans and Eagles fans. Dude, McNabb is so much better than Eli. Tony Romo so much. Let's put Tony Romo stats next to Eli's. I go, okay, put him next to Eli's. Now, Add in John Kitna's stats. Add in Matt Castle's stats. Add in Coy Detmer's stats with McNabb. Now is he better? Why are we talking about the games that they play and not talking about the ones that they don't fucking play? Yeah. Lamar Jackson doesn't play all of the games. Why does he want to get paid like he plays all of the games and wins playoff games? When he doesn't play all the games and doesn't win playoff games. So Sean Watson took the Texans to an AFC championship game. Did the he? Texans? You sure? Didn't he? I know he won a playoff game. I know they had the same amount of playoff wins. Didn't they blow an AFC championship game lead to the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020 when I was laid up in a hotel room with a fucking busted knee? Or was that me on Percocets? That was you on Percocets. They won a game. They lost that game. That the the twenty twenty AFC Championship game was the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's it, it is interesting to me again when you see all these former players tweeting about oh a former MVP. Why, I love how no one mentions his numbers have only gotten worse since then. Not only has his numbers gotten worse, his team has won a single playoff game. Like, I just don't get it. Dude, my, my favorite one, and I have to just read. Like, and and, and let, let me just make a cross-sport comparison, guys. 
for a player who won an MVP and whose game doesn't translate. Russell Westbrook is on, on is about to take down his eighth team because people keep going. He's a former league MVP. Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook keeps you, you. People keep saying he's a former MVP, and then he comes in, he lights your franchise on fire, and he leaves like Denzel Washington leaving an explosion in an action movie. He just walks away onto his next team. How are the Clippers doing since Russell Westbrook got there? How are the Wizards? How are the Rockets? How are the Lakers? He's a former league MVP. Cool story. He stinks. Now, Lamar Jackson doesn't stink. Okay? But no, it has nothing. Listen, Daniel Jones got $40 million a year and $80 million guaranteed. Lamar Jackson can sign with the Ravens today for 20% more than what Daniel Jones got. He can sign with the Ravens today for $50 million a year for four years, $100 million guaranteed. He can do it today. He can sign with them today. But he doesn't want $50 million a year and $100 million guaranteed. He wants a lot more than that. Well, he's about to find out there's no market for it. And the Ravens, I think, have played this great. They're saying, okay, you don't think we're giving you enough money again before last season offered $133 million guaranteed? Let's see. Let's see what's out there. Let's see what's out there on the open market. The only issue with the quarterback. The only issue with the Ravens playing is you get into a situation where he does you are paying him, but he doesn't want to play for you. The the way the Ravens would really play this great is to move on as soon as possible. And they get two first round picks. If somebody signs him, they get they get two first round picks. But what team are you? I don't know. Out there that wants a guy. What, what is there a team out there that has better than the top defense in the league? That's a great point. And goes, well, they didn't even make it. They didn't win two playoff games with him. And we've got a middle of the pack defense. And we've got a middle of the pack running game. The Falcons are not interested in why would they be? What are they going to do with him? Get him hurt, running him 40 times a game because they have no other way of moving the ball. Now, if you're the Jets, okay. Yeah, you're right. Like, if you're the but Jets. if you're the Jets, you go, well, he already had the best defense in the ball. <laughs> By the way, the Ravens were two this year. The Jets weren't one. Ravens were third ranked defense this year. Were the Jets one or two? I know one was the 49ers. And two was the Eagles? Probably. Again, I just think there's so much bad information and just bad analysis of the situation out there, especially by players. It it just blows my mind. Like, Dude, if, if your numbers aren't getting better since that MVP season and your team is not getting better and deeper in the playoffs, what are we having this discussion? It's like Richard Sherman's tweet, which 
I just laughed at. He said the Lamar Jackson situation needs to get more attention. Teams would rather lose or employ worse players than pay a former MVP in his prime. Can you imagine Burrow getting a non-exclusive tag and there being no interest? It's insane. Burrow's won five playoff games, been to a Super Bowl and back-to-back AFC championships. There's no comparison between Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. End of story. No comparison between those two. Move along, Richard Sherman. Your but also, but also, like let's let's look at what's what's really happening here, right? This is a the 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 question he posed happens all the time, all the time. It happens. The Texans don't have as good a quarterback as Deshaun Watson. But what the fuck were they going to do? Pay, overpay a guy who has off the field issues, who wasn't playing because he was hurt, was all these things. Like, if you're the Texans right now, right? The Texans have a better quarterback situation. The Texans right now have a better quarterback situation than the Browns, than the Cardinals, and the Broncos. They have a better one. They're not paying anybody. Is Davis Mills as good a quarterback as either of the three guys that I just listed? Of course not. But they have a better quarterback situation. This is not a league where you can make a decision in a vacuum without considering how much money someone costs. Yeah. Richard Sherman, you are the, you are, Richard Sherman is literally the fucking person that should understand this. You don't play for the Seahawks for the rest of your career because they overpaid Russell Wilson. What are you talking about, bro? You should have wished that they went for a less good quarterback than Russell. Richard Sherman should have wished that when Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl and said, I want all this money, they said, we'll go get Geno Smith, dude. Get fucked. Because then you'd probably have your fucking jersey retired by the Seahawks because you would have played there 10 more years. The Legion of Boom would have been a fucking thing that went on forever. And you would have just kept replacing them with worse quarterbacks at better value. Correct. That's the irony of all these player tweets. They don't even see it from their own perspective. And J.J. Watt's the same way. Why are all these teams so publicly out on Lamar Jackson, an MVP winner in his prime at the most important position in the entire NFL? What am I missing here? Well, JJ, the same thing happened to you. It's just like the Richard Sherman thing. When you got injured, they were like, hey, man, you keep getting injured. We're not going to keep paying you. That's exactly what's happening with Lamar Jackson. He keeps getting injured. If you're not on the field, why are we paying you? And I'll say this one last thing. And the bottom line is, like... You guys are telling on yourselves. You're just telling on yourselves that you don't understand caps and you're telling yourselves that you don't understand this. And, and, and by the way, we knew that already, but this goes back to, this is why Lamar Jackson needs an agent. You guys are all telling on yourselves that you don't understand the finances of the NFL and you can't just show up and be like, I want an MVP. I want all of the money. Well, you can't have it. Because this is our cap situation. Cap cap my ass, man. I want an MVP. I've seen Lamar Jackson live. I saw him when he won his MVP that season in L.A. at the Coliseum. 
Is he one of the most electric players to watch live? Yes, without a doubt. Dude is amazing to watch. But again, all these things come into play. And the thing we haven't even mentioned, Joe, and then we'll move on. You literally have to set up your offense around him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there are quarterbacks who you could just drop in and say, okay, you could play. I mean, I hate to say it because we talked about him earlier. And I'm not saying he's even better than Lamar Jackson. Derek Carr can go anywhere. Can he not? His type of quarterback play can fit any system. Lamar Jackson, you have to change your entire offense around him. You do. So you brought up a great point saying, who's going to take him? Your whole offense has to change. Because the running game for Lamar Jackson is more important than any other starting quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. More than Jalen Hurts, more than Daniel Jones, more than Josh Allen. The running game for Lamar Jackson is more important. You'd have to change everything. And I can't wait to watch this play out. Because it's going to be interesting. One last thing on the NFL. Geno Smith resigns with Seattle. You like it? Dislike it? What what do you get? What's he getting? He's getting, let's see here. I think around like 30, 30, let's see here. Let's see here. Geno Smith contract. Three-year deal worth $105 million. Again, all I care about is guaranteed. I don't see the guarantees right here. Not sure what he's getting guarantees. Probably around the 30 million range. Or I'm sorry, that's that would be per year. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um it's you know it's kind of counterintuitive to what the Seahawks just did, but at the same time, it's not a 10-year deal. It's not a fully guaranteed deal. 30 million. He's only getting 30 million guaranteed. So he's just it's basically a one year thirty million dollar contract. Which is nice. You could say he earned it. You could also say how many quarterbacks can you fit into that situation now? And they could do the same thing when you consider all this stuff. But I think for Pete Carroll, you want to have some sort of consistency. You want to have something you, you made the playoffs. You certainly want to be able to build around that. Um and the fact that it's just the one year, I'm fine with it. Seems crazy for Geno Smith to get $30 million a season, but this is just where we are in life at this point. Yeah, inflation, man. What do you think those negotiations are like, though, with Lamar being his own agent? I, I'm, I'm serious. I would love to hear what he says when the Ravens come back at him and they say, Lamar, you've missed 10 games the last two years. You've won one playoff game. You're They don't, they don't do that. They don't? No. Your numbers have only gotten worse. Like, what are we doing? I don't even here? think that's part of the conversation. I think the conversation is we can't like the the guaranteed money is too much. We can't give you that much. We can't. Cause I think that's honestly, that should be their approach. Lamar, you know we have holes. Uh we we haven't gone deep in the playoffs. And you don't have to put it on him. We haven't gone deep in the playoffs. We haven't played in the Super Bowl. We have no receivers. And I think that you'd agree. We haven't given you enough weapons. And the defense has been really good, but that leaves some holes on the offense. 
and the offensive line has been okay, but not great. I mean, you you got we got you hurt a couple times, right? So, you know, our goal is to win a Super Bowl, and clearly, we haven't had enough around you. We we believe in you, but we haven't had enough around you for you to win a Super Bowl, and that's the goal. And there's just no way we can put that stuff around you if we give you that money. So we're kind of caught in a, in a, in a situation here. Either you want to play for this team and try to win a Super Bowl, and you give us the financial leeway to do that, or we understand that this is a, a business and that you don't owe us anything and that you you know you got to take care of your family. So if what's important to you is getting as much money as you can right away and not winning a championship for the Baltimore Ravens. We understand that we're going to franchise you and we're going to let you make that decision and see if anybody else wants to give you that money. Um, We totally get it. It's a business, but it's a business for our end too. And a successful business from our standpoint is winning a Super Bowl, which we can't do if we pay all that money. So I know this was a long text. Hope to hear from you. High five emoji, smiley face emoji, football emoji. I'll be curious who picks him and up. I have, and I assume that's sent through Snapchat since he has no agent. No one's well, going to pick jo- him up. Well, Joe, it's like I joked with the dirt ball. Come on. Three years as an undergrad at Louisville basically makes you an agent and lawyer and savvy in contract negotiations, right? Three years as an undergrad at University of Louisville, known for just their their scholar athletes. He's basically a Harvard lawyer. Again, he needs a guy. He needs a buddy. He needs a friend to be like, yo, Lamar, I've known you since we were six. You need an agent. You need, every athlete needs a guy in their group, a common sense guy. That's all you need. A common sense guy, whether it's do I drink and drive? Should I do this Instagram live? Should I be my own agent? Every guy needs someone to just say, hey, man, let's use common sense. I'm your common sense guy. Uh, You know, the issue with that is, and I've I, I, haven't I talked I've talked about this a million times in, in everybody. I carry the gun. I drive the car. I do all the things. Right. The problem is. That guy, he also wants to get paid. <laughs> so none of these guys are ever for, oh, you should take less money. That dude doesn't care. He's like, man, why the fuck are we living in Baltimore anyway? Go get paid from Atlanta. I'll carry your gun in Atlanta, but we need that. Dope, son. Yeah, true. And then he's like, you're right. You're right. You're right. Who gives a fuck about Baltimore? And it's like, yeah, I guess no one. I get like, the thing is, is I get it from a player standpoint. Is like you should have no allegiance to these teams. These teams don't give a fuck about you. Oh yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I want to say this. I'm not. You know me. I'm so critical. Of the, this isn't me agreeing with the owners. This is me just stating this is what you're worth. This is where we're at. Yeah. This is basically a purely economic. And there's not a whole decision. lot more to, to it. And the and you and if you're JJ Watt or Richard Sherman and you don't understand, well, you guys are two guys who absolutely should understand. JJ Watt, you didn't retire a Texan. Exactly. Richard Sherman, they broke up the Legion of Boom. Yeah. How do you guys not understand how quarterback contracts affect everybody else on the team? You guys are poster children for it. A hundred percent. I know. It is crazy. Well, we're talking a lot about getting paid. 
which makes me want to talk about Miller Lite, the official adult beverage of the Dirty Sports Podcast, Joe Prano. Winter I was going to say the winter weather is about to subside. We've already had some nice days here. Spring is here, Joe. The perfect time to crack open a nice cold Miller Lite. The winter has already subsided in Palm Springs where I was on Tuesday. And do you know what Chris Wilde and I did? We He had a cooler in the back of his car. I brought Miller Lights, courtesy of our good friends at Miller Lite, who sent us a couple cases in the mail. I fired him in Chris's cooler when he got here. We got to Palm Springs. They were nice and cold. We checked into the hotel. They said, your room is not ready. And I said, Chris, grab two beers for yourself. Grab two beers for me. This 15, 20 minutes that we got while our room is getting ready, we're taking these Miller Lights to the hot tub. Ooh, a little hot tub, Shesh. I like it. And it was glorious. And what a way to start a vacation. Yeah. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks. Just a beer for people who like, just a great beer for people who like beer. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And you know what else, Andy? I'm going to add you one other thing. Let me tell you something else about Chris Wilde. The man, he loves Hooters. He loves Hooters. I've never met anybody who loves Hooters as much as Chris Wilde. Why is my question? It's just a thing. It's his comfort zone. He knows he can find one. So on the way to Palm Springs, he's like, listen, there's two Hooters between here and Palm Springs on the 10. And he goes, we're going to stop at the closest one to LA on the 10 on our way there which is Ontario. I was like, okay. And he goes, on the way back, we're going to stop at the other one, Riverside. And so both drives, I got to do a Miller Lite stop, a Miller Lite break. Cut up, break up the drive with, with one or two pints of Miller Lite from a Hooters. So here's my thing on, on this. I'm fascinated by this. One, I can't believe Hooters still exists. Barely does. The food's not that good. The wings aren't bad. I don't. I don't. I don't hate them. Chris got a cheeseburger. I thought that was questionable. (laughs) And I'm not surprised that they're in Ontario and Riverside. Like, yeah, like the locations of that don't surprise. Remember when there was a Hooters on the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica? Yeah. Oh, listen. On the ride back after we went to Hooters, Chris took me through like his Hooters, like. He's like, oh, man, the one in Santa Monica's gone. The one downtown's gone. The one on Hollywood Boulevard was epic. That's gone. He's like, probably my favorite was the Burbank Hooters. Gone. He's like, I was like, bro, how many Hooters have you been to in L.A.? He's like, all of them. Been does, all he, of them. does he like that it's just kind of like the skanky hot girls? He loves the girls. But it's also just for him. It's like it's like it's his comfort. It's his happy place. It's like he knows that there's going to be one. Someone nearby. Like he's like, I always used to go to the downtown one after Clippers games. If I had auditions in Burbank, between auditions, I knew I could go to Hooters, have a beer, have have a burger. Hollywood Boulevard. Bur- I was like, okay. You yeah. stopped at two Hooters. Two. Not not in the one on the way there and one on the way back. But still, you went to two Hooters. Yeah. Chris started taking me through his like history with Hooters <laughs> girls, too. He's like, oh, this one girl, 
she she was my go-to waitress in at downtown she's on the mlb network now i was like my guy and he's like and this girl she did married you ever, this did you ever like hook up or date a hooters girl i think he dated a hooters girl i hooked up with a hooters girl once which i think that one doesn't exist either there was one right on the river across from cincinnati in northern kentucky I'm pretty, yeah, that one's, that one's gone. A lot of them are gone. Chris will still go out of his way on the way back from Clippers games to the one in Southgate. Uh, he goes to the one in Long Beach occasionally. <laughs> one in Long Beach is still there. We need a Hooters documentary. That'd be a good one. Cause I was like, Chris needs to let this continue to fall and then plummet. And then just like when, when the Hooters stock almost zeroes out, he just needs to buy all of it. He's like the guy who's in the last blockbuster. Didn't the guy sleep in the very last yeah. blockbuster? Yeah. Like, I need Wild to be sleeping in a Hooters booth. No, I need Wild to buy Hooters. I need Wild. Like, when it gets down to one, I need him to buy that franchise and just keep the one Hooters franchise going. It's truly a fascinating concept. We're going to yeah. put girls showing their Hooters, call it Hooters, but it's going to be an owl. Like, talk about a time capsule. Now you have me on the Wikipedia page for Hooters. Remember when there's Hooters Airlines? Yeah. Started in 1983. Of course it started in Florida. Yeah. No, number of locations. There's no way they still have this many. This needs to be updated. This says 430 plus. No way. That's, I mean, that's eight a state. It's probably 50 in Florida. Hooters Airlines. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. You want to get to some calls? Sure. Got a few dirtball calls today. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. We'll start off with a hypothetical. I, we might have discussed this before, but I'd like to bring it back up if we have. Okay. And Andy is retired Shubert Bryson. Got a really fun sports topic that came up the other night at dinner with some of my buddies. Um, what moment in sports history, if it had gone the opposite way, would have probably like changed history or like made the biggest impact in that sport? Like, you know, everyone remembers Jordan's most famous shot against the Cavs in 1989, I believe. You know how that like kind of went on to his legacy and the win title, blah blah blah. Like, I brought up Steve Bartman. Say Steve Bartman doesn't interfere. Chicago Cubs, maybe they go on to finally end the curse. They ended up going however long until Chicago finally won it. Like, they were on the way to break it right then and there. Well, not right that game, but you know what I mean. So I was curious, what do you think, what moment, if had gone otherwise, would have changed, like, history in a way, if that makes sense? Like, what happens if the catch just happened to Eli Manning that game? Like, how does that affect? You know the game. I was just curious what y'all think about that. I think Steve Bartman's right there at the top, so that was kind of my answer. But we all had some fun, different ones. Just curious what y'all think. Well, the the Giants, Patriots, Super Bowl for sure. You have an undefeated team, right? But but does that change much long term? Like, it's in terms of a butterfly effect. Like the the Patriots went back. The Patriots got more Super Bowls. True. Patriots thing now. If we're talking Patriots, how about just Tom the Brady? Rule? How about the yeah. tuck rule? Or Joe, Drew Drew Bledsoe getting injured? Yeah, Drew Bledsoe getting injured, 
and 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 I think those two are related. It's like almost like if the tuck rule doesn't happen and the Raiders go on, move on. Like again, you know, we're talking. We talk a lot about these quarterback situations. Like, is Belichick sure that Brady's the guy? Then did that? You know, you have a big fumble in a big moment. Like, is that? Does the Patriots dynasty never get started? Great point. Yeah, the Drew Bledsoe injury, the tuck rule. How about this one? And it didn't happen in the game. And I know people are going to say, oh, of course, Ruther, enough of the Jordan stuff. The Bulls don't draft Scottie Pippen. Jordan was one in nine in the playoffs. He won one out of 10 games until Scottie Pippen was drafted. Scottie Pippen completely changed the trajectory of not only Jordan, but also the whole Bulls franchise, which also affected the NBA. I mean, you could even say the the magic, the magic Johnson HIV thing. Like magic wasn't done, and you you got to expect the way the Lakers have always been run and the always competing for championships that the Lakers continue to that the next couple of years. It's not a sure thing. Oh, we just have a Michael Jordan goes to the finals and sweeps and you know like wins all the things. Like the idea that the Lakers don't figure out how to get back there and with a couple more years of of somewhat prime magic Johnson, even if he has a, let's say even if in 94 or 95, he starts to decline, you know what I mean? Uh, a couple more years of prime magic Johnson could change it. I mean, let's just talk about again, the, I brought it up before, but the David Robinson injury, I mean, the, they can easily tank then and they end up with Duncan. Yeah. And Duncan and Pop together, like, you know, we've, we've talked about, like, a lot of people don't like to give Phil Jackson the credit because, oh, he had Jordan and he had Shaq and he had all these things. It's like, Greg Popovich had Tim Duncan. What are we fucking talking about here? Like, Tim Duncan's, like, arguably a top five to top eight player in the NBA history. He's the best power forward of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are huge moments. That, those are ones that change, you know, the out the outlook of the of the league. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Portland goes with Greg Oden instead of Kevin Durant. Durant goes to the Seattle SuperSonics. Shout out to Sean Kemp making the news for drive bys. Yeah. He's so fat. Why can fall. I not? Why can I not stop laughing about the Sean Kemp, the rainmaker? It's making it rain bullets now. Andy muted himself. Well, listen, I can talk while Andy is muted. <laughs> Andy has left the building. Now it's just me. Oh, this is fun, guys. Uh, you can come see me this Friday at uh, Last Best Comedy in Montana. Two weeks after that, I'll be in San Luis Obispo, the 24th and 25th, I believe. I think the show at Sneaky Pete's will be the 25th. Uh, I've got a bunch of shows uh, on the on the books for the next couple weeks and months as well in and around L.A. I think I'm going back out to Palm Springs. A uh, couple, couple shows, JoePrano.com for my shows. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Fix Your Life. I'm on all the other social media at Joe Prano. Put a put a clip on uh, Instagram. Put up a clip on TikTok. Uh, would appreciate you guys supporting 
uh, my stand-up clips, share them, you know, send them out there. Uh, I, I'm not sure if at this point, Andy Ruther is coming back to this podcast. So I will, uh, I'll read you guys from this. Chris Wilde of the text. I've never peed as much in my life as I did yesterday. I'm going to reply, getting out that poison. We got fucking smashed at Jimmy Buffett. Won't let me reconnect is what Andy's saying. Does that mean that I am ending the show? Well, guys, it's been a great episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm going to wait for Andy Ruther to text me back. Um, if he texts me back that I should wrap the show, I'll, I'll wrap it on behalf of all of us. Give me two minutes, he says. Well, there's no problem with that. Uh, I wish I had the YouTube page up because then I would go to your guys' YouTube comments. Let's see what we got there. Nice cat. Oh, let's here we go. Yeah. Put my glasses on, reading your guys' uh, things. Jackson, Mississippi. It's the return of the Joe Prano podcast. I was thinking about bringing back the Joe Prano podcast. Uh, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about. Chris Wilde and I, first of all, uh, in in the most fun game of all time. Um, oh, Andy's back. You there? I'm here. I was just going to the YouTube comments. Yeah, I, I hit that. I didn't see that. I saw it. I saw it when I was in the YouTube comments, but it's the return of the Joe Prano podcast. I was just talking about this. I was thinking about bringing it back only to play with Chris Wilde, my favorite game. Uh, Chris Wilde plays a game called Bear in Mind. And we played it for like hours on the way back last night. Bear in Mind, you have to think of a bear. And then it's like 20 questions to guess what bear. <laughs> is this like, is this like a, a, a real bear, or like a gay dude? This, see, this is, these are the kinds of questions you ask. <laughs> the first bear I thought of was Mike Ditka. It took him a little while to get Ditka. Um, then I went with uh, Teddy Ruxpin, which he which he got almost immediately. Wow, uh, that's a fun game. Bear in mind. And then I went the Bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards. That took him a little while. Is this like a, a game or did you just create this? Wild created it. Bear it's in an mind. amazing game. Yeah. And I was worried about how good I would be at it, but I I did very well. He had uh, he had the Charmin Bears. Ooh. He had um, what? There was a there's another there's another one he had that I got pretty quickly. I was impressed with myself. Um, but yeah, f- fun game. Bear in mind, I was like, this should be a whole podcast. By the way, they do not make it easy when you disconnect the audio. They, oh, they, I know. they just the, the video goes away. Like the I was like, how do I? And the settings don't make it easy. But you're back. I'm back. You want you want to do one more call? Yeah, do, sure. Let's do it. You want to do one more call and then we'll get out yeah, of here. Let's get out of here. I already did my Boy, plugs. Basically, you're in the dirt, Paul Preston, and uh, I'd just like to add another addition to the uh, dirt ball uh, drinking game. Um, anytime that Andy says something super cringy. And Joe responds with, okay, I'm going to play him a Miller Lite. It cracks me up every time. Never fails to. Um, I just, I think it uh, happens enough that uh, I'm going to adhere to it, and I'm going to drink a Miller Lite every time it happens because it'll make me laugh. Anyway, stay dirty, boys. I need, like, an example. I know, like, it is happens. He, is he saying, like, when, like, you do it and I just, take a swig of my Miller Lite as to, so as to not reply. I think, no, you, you might say, okay. Okay. Got it. I say something, I, but I need, I need an example of something cringy. Not that I don't say cringy things. Of course I do. 
but I need an example of something really cringy. Does he mean more like one of my dad jokes? Yeah. I'm thinking any, or I, I feel like also you still, you'll still like push things. I, I, I go more no chill, but you'll, you'll push jokes sometimes where I'm just like, well, I'm not going to touch that. Okay. Oh, you know, like something in, in the cancel culture world of yeah. like, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I, I kept, uh, what, what, yeah. Like a recent one. I, I was, I was trying to, uh, get you to say something inappropriate i i can't remember exactly what but i know it was recent like a like say uh, what was it i was saying oh try to say that real quickly before you slip up and say something yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> give us a ring 310-359-8365 that's the hotline did you already do your plugs i couldn't hear you i basically did my plugs yeah i mean i'll be in montana this weekend i hope you guys can come i just bought my lift tickets oh my god andy ballpark what do you think uh two-day lift ticket to big sky cost me i knew nothing about that ballpark 300 bucks almost 500 damn so if you got any ins at uh anything there i'm already on the hook for two days worth of ski, uh, snowboarding at big sky but i'll be in bozeman uh tomorrow night last best comedy buy your tickets now come to see a show would be great to see some dirt balls there um, San Luis Obispo a couple weeks after that all my dates JoePrano.com uh, I'm going to have some shows coming up here and also uh, follow us on all our social media I'm at Fix Your Life on Twitter at JoePrano and everything else like I was saying I put up some stand up clips support them share them put them on your story repost them on TikTok whatever you know it's insane but this is the world we live in today I'm like yeah. Lamar I'm like Lamar Jackson I didn't want I don't want to do any of this stuff it's just the way it goes. Yeah, we're at the Dirty Sports on all social. I'll be posting some stuff today. I'll go through it. We'll figure out what we want up there. Okay, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. See you next Monday. And as always, stay dirty.